0: Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like.
1: Brought to you by Subs Recovery Center, Rise Up Subs in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn.
0: I have a serious dilemma. I've been I've had this problem, this dilemma for like the last two hours today. And I would really like some insight on it, whether it's from you guys, from our listeners whatever right like
2: you understand i'm scared to death right now uh, no you should be it's pretty
0: serious (laughs) is it okay to rock socks with crocs right like so you you know what i'm talking about like did you just say rock socks with crocs yeah i'm rocking socks with crocs right now because it's the winter time my feet don't want to be cold but i love comfort is it like stylish, is it okay? Is it socially acceptable uh, for wait. us to rock socks with crocs these days? Can I
2: ask one question before we move on? Of course. Before we get to the answer? Yeah. Didn't you play college football? Yes. Does that make you a jock who rocks socks with crocs?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm okay. guilty you know, of being rock being a, out with your crocs socks a out jock that rocks <laughs> socks with crocs. Wait, with crocs. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So, so hey don't anybody knocks you.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't and don't don't have too many
0: clocks. So um, and that's I see what to we're doing app. here. I see what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, but no, like you know, do you own any so stocks? This is stuff I think about, guys. This is part of the OCD that I have, right? Like I get fixated on something and it drives me kind of crazy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And uh-huh. so I'm hold like up. wondering if right now I'm the equivalent. Hey, Mandy, come here. I'm, oh the, I'm wondering if I'm the equivalent of, <laughs> the, like, the the guy the wearing insert. the tube-high socks.
1: Okay, with your open? husband's wearing socks with Crocs. Is that good or bad? Socially acceptable, babe? Well, he's wearing, like, little low-rise, so you have, like, ankles yeah, showing.
0: Yeah, I'm good. It's okay? Okay, yeah.
1: And your Crocs look like Vans. Here, pick them up. Put, put them on the table <laughs> so we can see. <laughs> so Here
2: we go. Vans-looking
1: Crocs. Crocs. Oh, those are... Yeah. You got, like, little... Yeah. Do you want me to put okay? my socks up next? Okay. Wifey says it's okay man. You're you got so, you're good stylish
2: go. Crocs, dude. Hey, thanks, guy. I actually could wear those, no I couldn't. Now that we're 2 minutes into this and I've yeah. gotten nowhere. <laughs>
0: but you know. Oh, how
2: come the I just how had come the timer going backwards today.
1: Nobody notices except you. Just work with it.
2: Okay. We want to introduce well, our guest. Well, yeah, no, I know. I don't. I'm we're just going to let Anthony sit over there and not talk <laughs> at all. Uh yeah, so uh, here we are. In studio, we have a special guest, guest, guest. I said guest. Um, Anthony Provenza, Welcome.
3: Thank you. I'm yeah. glad to be here.
2: Yeah, Anthony and I, you know how
0: I know Anthony? Anthony's got that look on his face that, like, we are all now dumber oh, for dumber. listening yeah, dumber. Yeah, for to sure. the <laughs> crock conversation. Right. Yes. The crock <laughs> conversation
2: enlightened no one, but that's all right. I met Anthony. You. Know, this is weird. I met Anthony in school.
0: Yep. Get out of here.
2: You thought I was done with school, but. About, oh, when was that?
3: 2013.
2: 2013, I decided Cohort. I'm going to go back to school and get an MBA. Okay. Weird weird life choice, but I thought, okay, maybe I'll try this. Wait, was this after you'd already gotten a, a medical degree? Oh, yeah, 2013. Like, I, was, I started practicing medicine in, t- in uh, 1995. Wow. So, yeah, this was after I had a medical degree, a medical license, and lost said medical license in ni- in 2005, so uh, I decided to go back to school and get an MBA. Now I didn't finish. I don't have an MBA. I went to—I can't remember if I—if I, if I he went had to some the great opportunities. semester. Yeah, I—I got hit mean. with a job offer in the first year that I just couldn't turn down, and I couldn't do school with the job offer. So
0: your higher power had a different direction for you. Yeah. but that's how you met Anthony.
2: Yep. Yeah. No, we met, and uh, Anthony is a. So we hit it off for a couple of reasons, and one is he's a golfer. <laughs> yeah. Anthony plays a lot of golf and is a very good golfer. You've played with him. He's, yeah. he's an outstanding golfer. And don't try and be shy with us. You're an outstanding golfer.
3: Well, I don't play nearly as much as I'd like to. Yeah, well, I've got sure. four little kids. so Yeah,
2: that makes it <laughs> difficult for sure. All right, well, um, but uh, before we move on into Anthony and what Anthony's doing here, We usually do this segment called New and Goods. And, uh, Anthony, you want to lead us off? Anything new and good in your life? Absolutely. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I forgot that I do a podcast. We have sponsors that we'd like to talk about before we get to New and Goods. Jared, could you uh, maybe take a minute and uh, remind me (laughs) that we have sponsors and tell us about the couple of
0: sponsors absolutely so this podcast is sponsored by steps recovery centers is our gold sponsor steps recovery centers is an adult substance abuse and mental health treatment provider steps recovery centers provides all levels of care they have a medical detox facility multiple residential treatment centers and outpatient treatment services reaching from the top of utah to the bottom Recovery starts with you and at Steps Recovery Centers, there's always hope. Call them today at 801-800-8142 or visit their website at stepsrc.com to learn more. So a little side note, I work for Steps. Okay. We have a lot of listeners from out of state. I've said this on past episodes, I'll say it on this one. If you or a loved one needs help, reach out. We have no problem coming, picking you up from the airport, taking you straight to detox, right? Like... The commute, the the travel, and the commute is not a problem for us if it's not a problem for you. We appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. And
2: Steps has been our sponsor for a very long time and has been very good to us. And uh, for those of you that need that have anyone in your life who needs help, it's an excellent place to go get treatment. Yeah. Uh, I've worked at Steps myself a long time ago, obviously, but um, uh, that's Steps is a quality program. It really is one of the quality programs in the state for sure.
0: Yep. Appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. Do you have a this episode is also brought to us by
2: Rise Up Supplements. I'm gonna do Rise uh oh, I was gonna do Rise Up Supplements. (laughs) Let's like There you go. We maybe we should let you do it. Rise Up Supplements is a nootropic supplement line aimed at optimizing brain function and supporting mental health. They have two powerful blends. The first is Mindful Mood, which helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood. They also have Mind Shift, which helps increase focus and optimize brain function. You can place your order at RiseUpSups.com, and it's R-I-S-E-U-P-S, U-P-S dot C-O-M, a. They have a – you can get a discount. Tell us about that, Jared. You remember that. I don't remember what the discount code is. Yeah,
0: for our listeners only, podcast 20 in all caps, save you 20% off your entire purchase. There you go. Again, these are supplements for the brain, the noggin, the noodle, the old think tank, right? Like, it's good for, especially for people in early recovery that are trying to get their brains, you know, back on, rewired, back on track. I've had people reach out and say, am I going to test positive for, you know, a drug test on this? Absolutely not. And if so, we have Anthony Provenza here that can speak to that a thousand percent. No. So we appreciate them sponsoring this podcast.
2: Yeah, so um, uh, something just popped into my brain and I lost it again, so I'm going to go to Anthony anyway. But Rise Up Subs Subs has been a very nice sponsor as well. We appreciate them. Oh, what it was was... I agree with what you just said more than anything that we've said about Rise Up Subs, and that is, it is excellent for, we beat our, those of us who are coming out of addiction have beat up our brains for such a long time, and it it takes optimum nutrition to get your brain back sooner rather than later. And this will help quite a bit. This will help people focus that struggle with that. It will help people calm down and chill out that need help with that without anything in it that is possibly addictive.
0: One of these times we're going to do an episode on exactly what it does and how it can help the yeah. neuroplasticity, the brain. And, yeah, the, yeah all the receptors would be a good thing. All right. Well,
2: uh, back to Anthony.
3: What's no good in your,
0: in your world? New and good.
3: Uh, I've got a birthday tomorrow. You do? So I'm well, cele- every birthday. I forgot. I knew that. Actually, I forgot you were coming down here for your birthday. Sort of. Yep, celebrating my 43rd birthday. My wife's here with me, so. Awesome. I'm gonna enjoy some St. George golf. Any chance I can take you golfing for your birthday? Absolutely. All right. Great. I won't Perfect. turn it down. I won't turn it down. All right, that'll be my gift to you. <laughs> Happy <laughs> birthday, person. man! Thank yeah. you. It's super Thank cool. You.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's that's awesome. All right. Well, good. 43, you said. 43. 43 wow. years young, yeah. Oh, well, I can't remember 43, but uh, how old are you, Jared? 38. Okay. I got a bunch of youngsters on here. <laughs> Denovan, how old are you? 49. Jeez. Hey, Terry, how old are you? 64. Methuselah plus three. That's how old he is. <laughs> 64. If, you, if you're old enough to remember a a, a group called the Beatles... They used to sing a song that was When I'm 64. Yep. Mm. And that song now apparently is about me. Will you still meet me? Will you still greet me when I'm 64? So there we go. I love it. All right. That's your new and good. Uh, Nope. That's not my new and good. But I want to know what yours is. (laughs) New and good. Um, Man.
0: I'm blanking right now. We're going okay. golfing tomorrow. That's okay.
2: I can uh, I can go to Sean. We're and going to dinner tonight.
0: Like yeah, we are. Yeah, life's uh, today. I got to have a really cool process group with my clients at outpatient. That was that was cool. That was good. good. A lot of like heavy topic. A lot of you know, um, yeah, education around exactly how this whole thing works in the brain.
2: Sure. That's great. Uh, Mr. Denovan, what is new and good in the world of Sean Denovan? My
1: right? hot tub works!
2: Yes. I was going to say, I'm if you so don't mention the you. hot tub, I'm going to mention it for you. Oh, the, we left everybody in suspense last week because... We record on Friday afternoon, and the hot tub guy was coming over at 7 p.m. Friday night to check it out.
1: So it's been like a multi-month thing. We bought it back in August, and we had to get the cement pad, and then we had to get the 220 put in. So this is like big boy hot tub time, none of this like Craigslist $200 thing that I've done in the past. So I yeah. feel like, okay, we can do it, and then it leaked. Anyways, uh, he came by on Friday with a brand new motor, didn't charge me anything for it. Wow. Uh, And this is just like off a Facebook ad. So he's actually like stepped up as a quality individual and a human being. Uh, Put the new motor in and then spent an hour with me going over all the chemicals. Awesome. So, and then I jumped in and then the way we went. I would say
2: that you're more than welcome to mention his name, although you may not want to. It's up to you.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. We'll I, leave
2: him out of it. Don't have his permission. But okay. you're doing good. Well, I'm gonna skip what I was gonna do because I was gonna do a seller's silly seconds. But we're 11 minutes.
0: It's gonna say thing, we're so 11 minutes yep. into this. The so title. I'm just gonna
2: say doing good in in my
0: world is I'm in St. George and it's
2: warm enough to play golf. How about that?
0: Heck yeah. yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Amen. So the title of this thing is Dirty Details of your Analysis Testing. So Doc, why are we titling it that? Well. Uh, let's let's let
2: Anthony tell us what he does for a living
3: all right Mm -hmm. so I am the territory manager here in Utah for a laboratory out of San Diego called precision diagnostics so we specialize in urine and oral fluid drug testing so we service treatment facilities we service pain management clinics primary care doctors internal medicine docs the greatest benefit to the provider is just to be able to manage monitor and track the meds that they're prescribing make sure their patients are compliant How'd you get into that? That's a great question. <laughs> because I have a I have an interesting career path. Okay. The first ten years of my career. That's kinda of what I'm asking, actually. Yep. Yeah, first ten years of my career I spent in the laboratory space. Okay. So I, I've I've worked in Mass Spec labs, I've managed a toxicology lab and and was a scientist. So um, yeah, that's where I spent the first that, ten years of my that's career. That's kind of what I know
2: you as is a laboratory scientist. Um, are you not really doing the science part of this in this company?
0: No, you're I, not the I'm
2: lab sure. scientist. You're more of a territory manager. Yep,
0: that's cool though, because who better to speak to it than somebody that oh, right. knows what absolutely it, right how it all works? I, like, I'm I've a little that. nervous that this is going to go completely over my head because, like, I, I'm not going to lie, it, it outpatient. I have the texts that work for the diagnostic center. Yep. Just do the whole reports because, I mean, some of this stuff's like chlorophyll more like borophyll right it's like
3: reading chinese sometimes (laughs) yeah
2: so some big words in his reports i can tell you that yeah yeah Mm. so um yeah all right so you got into that initially sort of in the science aspect of it you've now transitioned more to uh managing clients is that a fair statement yeah sales
3: Sales. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a sales job, sort of. You're trying to make, you're trying to convince people that your lab is better than other labs, which it is, of course. But, Absolutely. Um, but let's talk about that. What, what, there's some specific topics I want to touch on, and we've still got a fair amount of time, so we're good. But what, what would make, what,
3: what is a quality lab in your mind? What makes a quality lab company? That's a great question. So I think first and foremost is just, being a laboratory that has integrity. First and foremost, billing appropriately. So one of the things that I love about Precision is that we are in network with insurances, making sure that we bill appropriately. Uh, there's been a lot of changes, and we'll talk, we'll talk a lot oh, about man. this, but there's been a lot of changes with payers and what they reimburse for a urine drug test. And um, Precision is very on the forefront of educating clients about that and yeah. providers about that. So our goal at Precision is to align the payers, the patients, and the providers. That is our goal. And so I think we do a really good job of that.
0: There for sure has been,
3: did you have something? Sorry.
0: I was just going to say that the thing that I love about, about this topic is I feel like as a clinician, one of my found foundational pieces is being able to rely on, a company that can tell me how much a clients, first of all, are they dirty or are they not dirty, right? Yep. Are, they, are they abstaining from mind-altering substances one-on-one? And then, okay, they're getting prescribed certain medications. Are they using them correctly or are they abusing them, right? Yep. Like I tell clients all the time, the detailed reports that we get, we know if you're taking extra gabapentin. Yep. We know if you're doubling up on your Suboxone. Like yep. we know, right? So yep. you can't really cheat the system. It's going to come up. And I feel like to be able to have those conversations with clients with reliable data can be game changers because it gives them the opportunity to be honest, forthcoming, right? Like help navigate correctly so that they really are doing this thing without falling through the cracks. For sure.
2: Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I I want to start this off from my point of view of we a long time ago. Well, first of all, there's been a long history in this industry of abusing the system. Absolutely there were payers not that long ago that were making $1,400 per UA.
3: Oh, I've heard of upwards of $10,000 okay. per urine drug tests. Yeah, that's, that's okay. insane. In the wild, wild west days I th- of toxicology, yeah. I, think I, I think I mentioned
2: yeah. this once on this podcast, but I once got a letter from an insurance company asking me for records for the $88,000 worth of urinalysis drug testing that I had done on one patient. And now the interesting thing is I was no longer working at the place that that letter was addressed to, and the patient had been billed after I left, and they were still using my name. But but $88,000 for six months' worth of drug testing. Yeah. Ridiculous, right? Right. And listen, this industry is uh helps a ton of people but there's also some bad players in this industry for Absolutely. sure Absolutely and that's that's been done
3: Yeah uh, fortunately I think a lot of the bad players are being weeded out now yeah, for but, sure but there's still I don't hear of that stuff going on anymore Correct right. Yeah there's you know I just think that payers are really cracking down on what they'll reimburse and so laboratories we have to conform to that we have to make sure that we're billing appropriately otherwise you know, we won't get reimbursed for those right those tests. So. To
2: me, it seems like it was about six or seven years ago where where insurance companies started requiring me to write a letter or to write a statement as to why I felt like we needed to drug test patients. Yep. That's an easy answer, right? Yep. This is how we monitor this disease. This is the number one way to monitor the disease of addiction. And you can You can have opinions on how frequently it needs to be done, but you can't argue that it absolutely needs to be done. People will say all the time, well, they're in residential. Why do they need? Really? You ever had anybody sneak drugs into a residential treatment center, Jared? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Me too. A lot of them. It's not that uncommon.
3: Happens all the time. Yeah. Right.
2: They need to be, that's the only, and the, the other thing is then another time that where we test people is. After they have left the treatment center, say, on a pass or to go home and take care of a doctor's appointment or something like that, and then they come back, we want to know if any any hanky-panky went on. Not hanky-panky. I'm not talking about that kind of hanky-panky. <laughs>
0: right. The last thing you want is for a client to start going into you know withdrawals from alcohol or benzos or something and have some life-altering 911 emergency situation. That's the other thing. That's a great point because-
2: Client, the studies have shown that clients coming into treatment, asking for help, report somewhere on the order of thirty to fifty percent of what they're actually doing, and this is a way you can check that. Because I've been lied to by uh, at least two clients. I'm kidding. <laughs> Hundreds of clients, probably. Absolutely. I probably was one of those clients at one point, right? Um, but we get lied to all the time. This is the way to start with a baseline first of all, when they come into treatment is what do you got in your system and and you know what does that look like and that's weird. You only reported two things that you use and you got seven things in your urine yep so so it is the it is absolutely the a critical piece of treatment because it's the number one way to monitor someone's progress
3: for sure, so yep, you want the most accurate results. And, you know, we were kind of talking about what separates our lab from other labs. And, you know, we have some of the most sensitive instrumentation out there. So most laboratories, when they're doing urine drug testing, they use similar technology. They're, they're using okay. triple sure. quad mass specs. Okay. And so those are the instruments that I've worked Can on. Can
2: you say that in English for some people? What What is the—I um, actually, myself, I'm a physician, don't know what triple quad meant. I know what a mass spectrometer is, but well, I don't know what a quad is. So you quad got
3: quadrupoles. We could get into the weeds with this. That's a lot of weeds. Yeah, there's. We don't need there, to, then. There's a lot of. I mean, I could bore you to death with it's know, a machine chemistry. That, it's, and, it's a machine
0: that reads chemicals in urine. Yeah, it's an right. extremely
3: <laughs>
2: sophisticated machine. Okay, For sure. Yeah. We'll leave that.
3: That's fine. Yeah. So. The mass specs that we use are 30 to 40 times more sensitive than industry standards so okay. what beautiful precision did is they went out and invested in these research grade mass specs and so we have the ability to test at really low levels and, sure and we can detect you know minute levels of of any drugs that are in the, the patient or client system sure so, um, you know if you're wanting the most accurate information you know that's that's what you want right
2: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Partnership with doctors. Yeah. Tell me about that. Like what what is it you want in a so you you go to treatment centers, physicians that are in this industry and you um, you the, you try to convince them your lab is the best. They're yep. convinced. What do you need from them?
3: So there's a few things that we need to get going in a partnership. For example, like yeah, what what could we what could I do better? Is what I'm really asking in a partnership. Like, yeah. So really, you know, we want to we want you guys as providers to chart and make sure that what you're doing meets medical necessity. So that's a big part of this, right? That's why insurance companies. Get so uptight is they want to make sure that the tests that are being ordered are medically necessary for the patient or the client
2: okay that's some weeds that i really want to get into yeah Not. Yep. i don't think i want to do it this segment because we only have a few minutes left but the the insurance companies strong stranglehold over this whole thing and i want to talk about what industry what what yeah. insurance companies allow but i think yeah. we want to do that in the second yeah. segment
3: but yeah, that's a that's a big deal, right? Yeah, we want that in it. We want that from our providers. We want that partnership because we're trying to watch their backs. You know, we're we're trying to give them the most important information, but they also need to do their due due, due diligence and chart why they're why they're ordering that test. Yeah, uh, to make sure that's in the EHR, we they have that that record of that, and so you know that's important. Okay, so we. Um
2: we have just a couple of minutes left in this first segment, but I want to ask you, and this is going to go in a different direction for a second, but what are some of the problems, crazier problems you've seen with drug testing? We talked about billing 1400 bucks or $10,000 for a UA, right? What, oh, gosh. Uh, I've what, seen it all. <laughs> what's, the, what's the craziest? I mean, what's some of the craziest stuff you've seen?
3: Oh, man. So I mean, you you hear about labs doing you know pass through billing. What? Tell me what pass through billing is. So they'll use like a hospital okay. to use them for billing because okay. the hospital is in network. So they'll they'll pass through. Bill oh, through a hospital. interesting, huh? Uh, so mean, the treatment center's any, not
2: in network, but no,
3: they yeah they're like try well, to bill it through a we'll hospital. We'll do it this podunk hospital out in no man's land, and we'll. We can bill through them. Okay. So we get that in network status. Sure. Um, you know, profit sharing with physicians. Okay. So, we'll give, so, you, we'll so give kickbacks, you basically. Kickbacks, yep.
2: Every UAU order, we're going to give you 20 yep. bucks or yep. 50 bucks or whatever yep. it is.
3: Which at one time wasn't illegal. Yeah. And it's totally illegal now, but at well, one time that was. But why is it illegal? Well, it's it's kickback. It's unethical. It's unethical, right? right? It's been
2: legal before, but it's never been ethical, ethical correct? right? Yeah. So right. it's 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 yeah. If you you're oh. you need to we need, as a physician, I need to order a drug test for a patient based on necessity, not based on the fact that I might make something, I might get something out of that. Well, yeah. When you bring Other that good information,
3: when you bring that aspect into it, what's going to stop you as a provider from ordering? Ten UAs, right? Oh, uh, well, this patient needs a UA every day. Yeah, for sure. It's not medical. And maybe some. There. In, it's like some a personal
2: them, ATM for you, right? Yeah. Some of need them need it in the morning and in an the evening, uh, right? You're getting like paid that. for the problem and that, the solution. That's yeah. a that's always been yeah. money is as dirty in this industry as it is in any other industry. And
0: with with a treatment center sponsoring this podcast, I, I also want to point out like there are plenty of places that do it right.
3: You know what I mean? Like
0: anytime we start getting into kind of these gray areas, I'm always like, this is what gives our industry kind of a bad rap. And so we are pro treatment, right? We all work in this field. So uh, I just want to kind of put that disclaimer out there that- yeah, like yep. this is the stuff that gives us a black eye. Yeah, okay. I also want to talk okay, to you about, about some different stuff in in part two yeah. about like you know some poppy seed positives and some things like that. Great. So great point. All yeah. right,
2: we'll be back right after this break, for, and a word from our sponsor.
1: You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Brought to you by SUPS Recovery Center, Rise Up SUPS, in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. If you or your loved one is trapped in the cycle of addiction, there is a way out. At Steps Recovery Center in Utah, we believe in second chances and new beginnings. Our evidence-based treatments, compassionate staff, and supportive community guide you on the path to recovery.
0: It is time to reclaim your life. Take the first step towards freedom, resilience, and a brighter tomorrow. Reach out
1: to Steps Recovery Centers today. Recovery starts with you, and at Steps, there is always hope. Call us or visit our website to learn more. welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by SUPS Recovery Center, Rise Up SUPS, in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers.
2: All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are talking with Anthony Provenza. Anthony Provenza works for a laboratory company called Precision Diagnostics. And he has been both a laboratory scientist and also a sort of territory manager where he gets and relates with clients. Basically, he's a super smart guy he's that's done, good with right, people. Right. That's, yeah, that's exactly, great, right? Which is not, which is an uncommon, very right? uncommon. You're either yeah. smart or you're good with people, usually, right? And I'm neither, but <laughs> he's both, so it's good. Uh, but before we move on, we got to mention another really good sponsor. Anthony can may, maybe can speak to this, but one of our sponsors is the Hilton Garden Inn. And if you happen to be traveling through Southern Utah, give the Hilton Garden Inn a Google search. Just type in Hilton Garden Inn. They have uh, it's a great hotel. They have the rooms are big. The rooms are clean. The hot tub's fantastic. The staff is very friendly and have I have never had one problem with staff at all when I've stayed there. Anthony's staying there this evening. So It's a beautiful property. Yeah, it's a great it's a great Garden. hotel. Mm-hmm. We love the Hilton Garden Inn and if you need some place to stay when you're down south in Utah, please give them a
0: shot at your business.
2: Uh, okay. Absolutely. Did you Jared might have a
0: question that you wanted to lead us off with Is that yeah so like I I the dialogue's been great so far right and like uh, f- from like an industry standpoint where we've been where we're going getting out some of the bad players we've talked about that some of that stuff's reason why we have a black eye in this industry and so I, I kind of want to move into the conversations of like we've we've established the the importance of drug testing and why we need it, right? It's foundational. It helps provide accountability for clients. Let me hit you with something. One of the toughest things I run into as a counselor is I get a report back and it says it's positive for morphine and I take it to the client, right? And I say, hey, what's going on? And they say, I swear, I swear, Jared, I haven't used, man. I wouldn't do that. I don't want to change my clean date, right? And so then I'm like, so then I call the lab, right? And I'm like, hey, this person's adamantly denying this and i get this it could be poppy seeds that's crazy to me right and of course there's levels and i'm learning all this stuff right i've had to learn this stuff now i can kind of differentiate a little bit but speak to that there are some things that will make you test positive it's called a false positive
3: correct yep yeah that's that's the big difference right you've got basically you got 3 levels of testing with toxicology you got your point of care cut can't so matured.
2: that's a that's a UA that people just urinate in a cup, and they read it right there off the cup, Yeah. right? There's these little— the No little levels. Just yes or, or no.
3: Just right. positive, negative, yep.
2: Oh, that's a really important point, because I get people all the time that say, uh, well, well I had this really faint line. I, I must mean I don't have very much in my system. It doesn't mean that at no. all. These yep. are yes and no cups. Yep. You either yep. have some in your system, you don't, period. Yep. It doesn't tell you levels. It can't— the Correct. light line is as positive as the darkest line you can think
3: Correct. of. Correct. And the Point of Care Cup is a good, quick screening tool, but obviously there's a lot of downsides to them, right? Yeah. What oh, is yeah. the,
2: What is the if you want to get into this for a second, what is the upside and downside of screening tests
3: in general? So screening tests, they're less expensive. Yep. Like it, it, costs, it costs quite a bit of money to run an, a mass spec or a confirmatory. Sure. sure. So they're... I'm gonna use interchangeable terms here, like confirmatory, definitive. Mm-hmm. That's that's the mass spec. That's a quantitative result,
2: mm-hmm. right? Quantitative meaning you can get
3: levels. Levels. You
2: can tell how much yep. of
3: it's in their system. Yep. Right. A presumptive or a screen test, there's two types. There's your point of care cup, and then there's like your amino assay or desktop analyzer. So your point of care cup is a like I said, it's a quick screening instrument. It, it's it's quick and easy. The problem with it is you could get false positives. You could also get false negatives. Right. Because the cutoffs for them are a lot higher. Right. So if they're taking small amounts, you're not going to detect that. It's not going to show up.
2: So, in a screening test, what you want, and correct me if I'm saying this incorrectly, but what you want out of a screening test is, first of all, the things you've mentioned, it needs to be widely applicable to a general population that you can administer relatively cheaply. You want to pick up everyone with the disease you're looking for, and you don't want to miss many of those people. But in doing so, you're also going to pick up some people that don't have the disease, and those are the false positives. But that's the danger, right, of a screening test is you may actually pick up some people that don't have the disease, but you won't miss very many people that do.
3: Yeah. Right. Well, and that's the that's the reason why you send off for confirmation, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So if you do have a presumptive positive, well, let's send it off for confirmation to make okay. sure that because the gonna aspect's say, not going to lie.
0: A lot of times, what we run into is medications because they're a similar in a molecular level. You know, they look like on the dip test, if you will, or point a care cup, it'll show a false positive, and then when you send it off for confirmation. It ends up coming back. Oh no, it was just the medication that they're prescribed is very similar from a DNA standpoint to the chemical that you're screening for. So that's why it came up as a as a false positive. And that's why it's important to send it off. Because listen, if if I'm an outpatient director and I've got it, I'm looking at little Johnny or little Susie and I have to look at like kicking them out of the house for seventy two hours, I'm gonna need more details than just black and white. Yeah, that's
3: that's the important thing to remember about a screen test is, it's a presumptive test and it's it's there's a there's an antibody binding there, so it's an indirect measurement, and I I'm, I don't want to get into the weeds here, but if that binding is incorrect, if you have a substance in the urine that binds to those receptor sites on the point of care cup, right. and it's not that what what right. what shows positive, It's not alprazolam. Yeah, it's gonna it's. It's a false positive, right? right, right. So there, you know, there could be similar receptor sites that bind, and it says, "Hey, they're positive for this," when it's it's really a different substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so
2: point of care cups. That's the that's the downside: is you'll get more false positives
3: than you will on a confirmatory correct. test. False positives and false negatives. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, it even says it right. And you on can the-
2: change that though, right? You could, depending on. I mean. W- what it is you're trying to detect. And in a screening test, you're trying to pick up everyone with the disease. And in so doing, you set the levels that are called positive yep. at a certain yep. number. And so, but doing that, it means you won't miss people with that have whatever it is in their urine, but you might pick up some that actually don't. Yep. You get a higher rate of false positives on a, on a screening test. Correct. Yep. Okay, so then we send it off to the lab. We Somebody tested positive, little Susie tested positive for... Uh, Alcohol. Gabapentin, alcohol, whatever.
3: So you send it off to the lab for confirmation. So it's going to be ran on a mass spec, triple quad mass spec. So what's different about a mass spec and a screen, so like I said, you got an indirect measurement where you've got that binding and then you're measuring that binding. Mass spec, your it's a direct measurement.
2: you are measuring the measuring actual how much of that substance is exactly, in exactly the molecular blood weight of that urine substance. or there whatever you're testing. Yep. Okay.
3: So it's a direct measurement. There's a detector at the back of that instrument, and it's going to say, Hey, you have 69.5 nanograms per mil of gabapentin, right. or mm-hmm. this much alcohol. It's going and it's going to give you levels, and it's going to give you the metabolites. So that's another thing too that yes. that you don't get with the screen. You right. get the actual metabolites. So as Drugs go through the body and they go through the kidneys, they metabolize into different things. Right. So like oxycodone's got oxymorphone and noroxycodone mm-hmm. that it right. metabolizes to, right. You'd, you'll see those metabolites as well. Right. Broken down. Yep. And that's how you know that they're taking it. Exactly. It's going through their system. Exactly. Um, I, so working in the lab, I've seen some crazy stuff. I mean, I, I saw a report once, this patient was positive for oxycodone, morphine, fentanyl, and amphetamine, which is crazy, right? Hmm. This is what Not the, that crazy for this us. Is what, <laughs> this is what the provider was prescribing. Out of out of the six months that we were testing him, this was when I was in the lab, out of the six months we were testing this one patient, they had no metabolites. Ah. So they had really high levels of the parent drug and no metabolites. So, so, what, would cause so what were they doing? What so, were they?
2: Yeah, what would cause that? I have no Doctor, idea. You know? Well, I, I think I do, but... Um, but I, I do, I, I know one way you could do that, and that would be to have some of that substance. Exactly. And, and shave it off drop, the, a, drop shave a little off. bit into the UA.
3: It's called Why p-shaving? would you do that? It's called pill
2: Because you want the, your treatment provider to think you're taking your medications as prescribed. Oh, so you're talking, now we're,
0: t- we're not talking about treatment centers, we're talking about like pain clinics. Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah.
3: So yeah, somebody's, well, is, somebody's yeah. wanting
0: to, Correct. they're yeah. prescribed like. Sure.
3: Yep. This, okay. was for, this was like a pain management provider. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah, I mean, think about this: the street value of those medications. You shave some of that off, and then you—what do you do with the rest? Oh, you sell take it, right? It. Oh, you sell it. Yeah, yeah you sell it. Yeah. Sell it on the street. Well, you can't take it because you'd have metabolites in your yeah. urine. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. But that's what that—that's what that patient was doing.
2: So yeah, and you don't have to shave off very much. Yeah. Holy mackerel! Just so we had a conversation a with
3: work. that provider, and we were like, "Are you looking at these results? Because this patient has no metabolites over the six-month right. period." They're not taking these meds, right? And it was kind of an eye-opening experience. But that's that provider.
0: that's the thing, right? Like the thing I'm learning is the the devils in the details when it comes to these drug screening things. Mm-hmm. It's not just as simple as it used to be. Like I, at previous treatment centers I worked at, like to get somebody into treatment when I did marketing and intakes. It was a point of care cup or a dip, eleven panel right, dip. Right. And it's it was either yes or no. Right. And oh my gosh, is it way different than that? You gotta take in creatin levels. You gotta take yes, in t- exactly. I mean, like it, most of the time when stuff looks fishy, I don't even I have to call the one eight hundred number and talk to a pharmacist and say, What is this? Yeah. Because it's so I mean, you need like a master's level to really understand this. Some well, of this stuff.
3: That's what's so scary is a lot of the, a lot of providers that I've seen over the years that I've been in this industry put so much stock in those point of care cups. Yeah. And it's like right on the package insert, it says they're wrong half yeah. of the time. Forty-six yeah, percent of the time, these could have a false positive or false negative. Why are you basing your clinical decisions right. on something that's wrong half of the time? So rather than, rough, making right?
2: a, rather than making a clinical decision on a point of care cup, the decision is, I suspect this guy might have this in his urine. I want to
0: know. You want to know, you send it to the lab, it to lab and the lab. have him run it on a yeah. mass spec, yeah. right? Yeah, like it. it's it, it test recovery. It, where I work. We don't make any actionable decisions based off of a POC cup or an 11-panel dip, right? right? Everything has to be sent to a lab, confirmed, 100% confirmation before we carry out an actionable, you know, whether that's talking to a client or 72 of them from sober living. In other words, asking them to leave for three days until they can test clean to come back. Because, yeah, like it's just – so how we manage that is we – down here in St. George, Mondays and Thursdays are mandatory UA days, and that's just in a point-of-care cup. Yep. If that point-of-care cup comes back positive, then, of course, we send it to the lab. And outside of that, they have a color that they call every single day for the randomization yep. right? that gets sent to the lab regardless, whether it's that we don't even use a point-of-care cup for that. It's just in a sampler, and we send it off. Yep. So the combination of the two has worked good for us. Yeah. Do you see that often?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about navigating and we're going to get into this, but what insurances will allow to right? Because it's not feasible to do a confirmation with every with every, every year in drug test. Every single,
0: every you si- can't do it. Single cup, right? You can't
3: do it. Insurances aren't allowing it. They're right. putting restrictions on how many how many times you can do it. Yeah. So this is the sandbox that we all have to play in now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, I'd I'd like to do be able to do a confirmation test because I that's the most accurate way to know what's going on with the patient or the client. But you know, with insurance, well,
2: let's get into those
3: weeds a little bit.
2: This is a this is pretty technical, and it's so different for every single insurance company, right? Insurance yep. companies are now dictating to providers how many times they can
0: test a patient with a disease. Correct. Well, right? lab lab that test. Let's differentiate. Right? They're they're and you're right, but I just again to be detailed. Yes,
3: sending it off to the lab. Right. Right. Yeah, you can use as many point-of-care cups as you want. Um, And you can actually use a lot more screens, like desktop analyzer, amino assay tests, but... Yeah, they're definitely putting restrictions on how many confirmations are allowed. Are you guys sure. seeing wait, look how
0: often that usually is? Is it once a week, twice no, a week? he's oh, got a, he's got into a into whole of I know, you guys whole. got all kinds of paperwork. Let's jump stuff into this right stuff. Here, so <laughs> I'm stoked.
2: So it's interesting. Oh, we're going to call
0: some people out. I see well, some insurance company names on here. It's interesting because you said <laughs> that you
2: can do as many POC cups as you want, but they won't pay for all of them. Insurance won't, right? Yep. If you look at, if I'm reading this wonderful... Spreadsheet basically that you have here. There are many uh, insurance companies that allow Aetna. I'm not trying to
3: call anybody out, but Aetna allows eight screens a year. Is that what I'm reading correctly? Eight screens and eight confirmations yeah. a year. That's it.
0: Yeah. So they only reimburse for eight times a year on a client that's in a substance abuse treatment center.
2: Or Okay, I'm going to turn right. to you now. 'Cause you work in a treatment center. Can you can you adequately monitor a an active disease patient with eight screens and eight confirmations a year? Absolutely There's not. No way.
0: I would say eight right? every That's, month or every other month that, maybe. That
2: is a that means you get to test someone screening test
0: once every six weeks. This how, is the problem, right? How could you possibly that's monitor twice a that quarter. disease accurately yeah. if you can do this it once problem. every six weeks? That's twice in that's twice in ninety days. Right. But
3: this is what insurances are doing. They're dictating, like you said, doc, they're dictating to the providers. We don't care what you think is medically necessary. Right. This is this is what we deem right. medically necessary.
2: They haven't seen the patient. Yep. They don't know anything about the patient's disease. I can tell you this. Your sickest patient can only get 16 total tests a year. Half of them screens and half of them confirmatory tests. Yeah, That's your sickest patient.
3: And all this stems from what happened back in 2013. Overutilization right. of the, comes, the confirmation mm-hmm. test. Comes, the black
2: from eye. The, comes from the letter that I yeah. got where somebody was yeah. billed $88,000 yeah. for six months. worth. And of providers
3: UAs. doing profit sharing. Like, right. I'm going to do a UA each day on this individual. I'm going to do a confirmation mm-hmm. test on... So so just the extreme, right? Instead of instead of just doing things moderately and keeping it moderate, I think insurances wouldn't be cracking down like this. Right. But because of the that corruption and because of you know the bad players they sticking this is to what's two. happening. There's
2: there's two factors that I think factor in here. And one is the bad players. The other is insurance companies' job is to make money. Yep. Right. And unfortunately, we all have to pay for that. But the insurance company that allows less testing has greater
0: profit. Which brings right. me to a question. So we've shined the light on the insurance dictating. We all work in this field. How often do we feel like it's necessary to to screen Beautiful. a client? Beautiful question. To do a urine screening Beautiful on a client, question, whether right? it's confirmatory or whether it's just the screening. So there's multiple answers
2: to that. Anthony's probably got some. I've probably got some. You probably have some. But the point is it's for sure different with every single patient. And yet they've got these dictates of here's all you can do for any patient you have where we have some patients that eight screens and eight confirmatory tests a year is not going to be adequate. But we do have some patients that that might be adequate for, right? So it's a very individual thing, but let's do that. What do you think based on how long substances stay in your system how, and this is, I'm not nailing you down to this, but if you've got a meth addict who's been actively using, how often would you think, and I know you're not a provider, and I'm not, how often would you think you'd want to test that guy? Like he's just coming into residential. Or he's just an or outpatient. He's ju- just coming into treatment of any sort. Maybe he's outpatient, so you might want to test him even more frequently, but... How often, first of all, I'm not going to nail you down on that. That's a tough question. Let, let, me, <laughs> let me back it off. That's a provider off. question. I know. Let me back it off a He's little smart. bit. How often do you think you should test that guy if you never want to miss a time that he takes math, uses math?
3: So what's really awesome about our lab, like I said, with our lower cutoff levels, we've got the lowest cutoff levels out there. Your, your window of detection for illicit substances or whatever you're testing for are greater with our lab than any other lab. Okay. That's cool. And so, you know, typically we can detect medications in the body depending on the meds, right? Like your benzos, THC stays a lot longer in the system. Um, you know, but typically three to five days we can catch substances right. with our tests. Right. Whereas other labs, it might be a little shorter of a window detection because their cutoff levels are higher than ours. Sure. We're still going to be detecting it on that lower end.
2: Mm. So yeah, you're so. saying three to five days. Let's look at meth, which is typically in that range, four days or yeah. so, something yeah. like that, right? So let's look at meth. If you tested that patient twice a week you wouldn't miss meth very often. Now, yeah. if you're completely randomizing it, not you Not if you're might. doing a
3: confirmation. If you're doing a confirmatory test. Right. If you're doing a right. screen.
0: That's what I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah, for sure. If you're doing a screen, you might miss it.
3: Just depends on how it's much just, they're taking, right? If they're
0: taking... The, screens, really, the yep. screen's
2: cutoffs are not nearly as low as the confirmatory Correct. test cutoffs yep. for a positive test. Here's, right?
0: here's the other thing, too. Not all Not all POC cups are or built the same, like there, there, some of them get special certifications and, spe- and special. They have to meet a higher level of definity, right? Like, in other words, there are some out there that are approved by these organizations that yeah. run
3: CLIA waved. And thank you. Such. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, so I, I get that, like the point of care cups aren't ideal, but there are some that are better than others.
3: Correct. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a screening tool. Um, like I said, you're not gonna get the levels. So, you know, if you have a point of care cup and it says positive for opiates. Okay. What opiate is that? Yeah. Is it right. oxycodone? Right. Is it norco? Is it poppy seeds? Is it heroin? Is it what is it?
2: Well you speak to the poppy seed thing real quick so you can stop. So the poppy
3: questions. I don't know. I've gotten that question so many times sure. as a laboratory scientist. Um I don't know how many poppy seeds you'd have to eat to have a heroin positive. But it's
2: not
0: a lemon poppy seed muffin.
3: No. I, so, don't, I, don't, I don't believe that would cause you to have a heroin positive.
0: Have you ever heard of the, the epidemic of the poppy seed or the transference of the poppy seed mm-hmm. phenomenon?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: Well, when one person claims poppy seeds and they get away with it, guess what the rest of the group's positive for? Yeah, for. Yeah, they, they all it's bought. all poppy seeds. Well, we that, all went to Costco and, and bought, a, got, bought a yeah. carton of poppy seed muffins. These guys
2: don't eat anything other than poppy right. seeds. Most yeah. of them, right? They're I on call a it full the poppy, poppy seed, seed
0: phenomenon. Diet. right? Yeah. 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 Because yeah. where there's one and they claim it, others shortly will follow. Yep. Yeah. yeah, for yeah. sure. Can we, uh, I don't want to get off Sorry. of this just yet, but we're
2: almost out of time. But I called out. And I'm not really trying to call out anybody, but we talked about that. Now let's talk about look at DMBA. DMBA allows for one screening UA a day and one confirmatory UA a day.
3: Yeah, look at the spectrum I'm gonna right?
2: I'm gonna pat them on the back yep. for being able to now if anyone's doing one a day, come on.
3: No to. one should be doing that, to. right? Yeah. That's excessive. But yeah.
2: I do pat DMBA on the back for allowing that. Yeah, it, that does not limit a, a provider's, that doesn't tie a provider's hands at all in monitoring the disease, yeah.
3: right? Yeah, if you look at Select Health on there, Select Health is interesting. They don't reimburse for a screen. They only reimburse for a confirmation mm. test. So they they don't put any basically what they're saying is they don't put any wow, they don't cover point any stock. They don't put any stock into a into a screening test. They'll only reimburse for a confirmation test.
2: They also I'm I'm reading the little fine print here. They also allow uh, if we're going to select health, they allow medical necessity and that's for patients with between zero and thirty consecutive days of abstinence, only one a week. So if they're doing good, they're gonna leave them alone. If it's, well, 0 to 30, we don't even know if they're doing good yet. They're only doing one a week. You're going to miss some disease. Yep. You're absolutely going to miss some disease with those limits. For patients with 31 to 90, they allow 1 to 3 a month. And for patients with more than ninety days, they allow between one and three every three months.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
2: Uh, those those numbers aren't terrible, except for the zero to thirty days that they allow one a week. I don't think that's yeah. enough in residential treatment or in a new outpatient client.
0: Yeah. Let me let me put some reference on this, real quick, Anthony. If somebody uses methods like three or four days, but the other end of that spectrum, or like benzos, it's going to be in there for a long time. THC is going to be in there for a long time. What are some other chemicals that are quick hitters, that are in and out, that you have a hard time catching unless you're doing frequently. Heroin's pretty quick. What's well, fentanyl? Do you know? I think fentanyl's three to five days. I, Alcohol's you know. like 24 to 48 hours, isn't it? Well, we, we test for ETG
3: and ETS, which are the metabolites of mm-hmm. alcohol. So we can detect alcohol use up to three to five days as well. Really? Yep. Yep.
0: Three to five pack. days. Yep. Hmm. And so... I thought for some reason alcohol was like a 48-hour window. No, that's what a breathalyzer will do for so you. So e-
3: ETOH, if you're testing for ETOH on a screening Which is test. the
0: byproduct of alcohol. No, which is alcohol. Which is alcohol. Straight up alcohol.
3: Yeah. Right. So we're testing for the metabolites, right. ETG and ETA. That's how we can Is it possible that to test
0: positive for ETG without drinking alcohol?
2: Oh, sure. There's got to be false positives, but they're not frequent, right? Do you know that?
3: We, we, we're we getting into the questions that would probably be better yeah, these are, for the scientist to yeah. answer. I've been out of the game for a little bit. Yeah. so. But Oh, my gosh. We're almost out of time.
2: Yeah. 40, wow. 44 seconds. I could just keep going for two more hours. Yeah, this has <laughs> been <laughs> fun, man. I actually have enjoyed this a well, lot. Well, I hope you guys what, have learned some. Well, hit me with, uh, if you got one final message for anybody, what would it be?
3: What, what do you want to get across? Well, one of the things that I was going to talk about that we're trying to to do to align with the payers is we're trying to, so instead of having, like a full comprehensive panel like where we test seconds. everything. We're making custom panels, and that's what we're trying to do to help providers right. stay in these guidelines.
2: Well, thanks so. for your time. That was very informative and very entertaining, I thought. Anthony Provenza from Precision Diagnostics. Thank you. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers. You are Jared Miller. We'll thank see you for, for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows please share that on our facebook
0: page that facebook page is we do recover with jared miller if you or a loved one needs help please reach out to us again thank you for listening brought to you by
1: steps recovery center rise up subs in the saint george hilton garden inn the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of its sponsors this has been a production from a podcast studio